just to get down I don't know if I can get them, but I got them right The developing stars, whoa Wrecked by the stars, though But they know just who they are The knowledge is deep, man Cause college is bleak, man Knees are the bees, man Deffy happy hour now I trust them with everything Every confidence giving me confidence Hipping this hopping, no really no stopping I'll make you a champion, y'all put a sock in it uh, But this is life, bro They're at it all night, though So you can just drive slow And get down with the Deffy crew Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you are listening, wherever you are listening. This is episode 83 of the Devi Happy Hour. It is great to be back. My name is Skip Newton, coming to you from Egan, Minnesota, as always. I am one of the Debbie team writers for the NFL Draft Bible, but today, finally back in the Debbie happy hour, and I am excited to get to my co-host, as always, because it's been a fat minute, from North Carolina, Matthew Jackson. How you doing, buddy? I call him Obi-Wan. I'm doing good, man. It's It's been so long since we've been back together. I found out today that you've been sending all my emails to your spam folder, apparently. So we need to get back together more often so you start getting my emails in your regular inbox. It's it's even worse. I checked my spam folder. They're not even in there. So <laughs> apparently my email just says, I don't know who this is. Put it out into cyberspace. We're, we're done with this guy. Yeah, it's it's been way my, too long. You my but... contact information altogether. You're just like, we're not, we're not ever doing this again. Forget who this guy is. Oh, man. So awesome to hear your voice and see your face again. Let's get into this. But before we do, remind people again all of the stuff you're working on because it's a lot. You're a busy guy. You're all over Twitter. You're Mr. Mister Devi. And let's, let's just get into some of the things that, that you're doing besides the Devi Happy Hour. Yeah, so obviously you guys can find me on Twitter, Devi Matt. I'm pretty active um, on there. Um, I was releasing some uh, some of my top 10 positions, starting to get that out there before the NFL draft comes around. Um, so you guys can find me on there to interact. Um, my rankings are up on Dynasty Nerds while I do some writing. They're also on my Patreon. You can find my Patreon at patreon.com forward slash, um, forward slash um, Debbie Database. Um, I'm getting ready to release a recent rookie mock draft uh, podcast episode where we just did with some of the guys in the community. So make sure you guys get subscribed and check that out. And you guys can find me over at the Debbie Marketplace uh, where I do the campus visit pod where we just released a fire um, episode with, with a really special guest. Um, if you haven't heard that episode, you guys need to make sure you go check that out. I won't give too much away, but it is it is a great episode that you guys need to go check out. Thank you for bringing that up because if you didn't, I was going to, and I I was going to say this as well. People, you have to listen to it. It is it is an awesome episode. I was catching it last weekend when I was out in Los Angeles for the Vikings Chargers game. I was out for a run and checking that out on Sunday morning, and it, it, it's fantastic. It it made my run just fly by because it's like I have plenty of great stuff to listen to. We're recording on Saturday morning, just for those of you who are wondering, and it's actually game time, so just after eleven o'clock central because. Central time zone, you know, shout out to our guy Felix is actually better, Felix. I know you think the Eastern time zone is all the the cat's meow, but you know what? On Monday night, Sunday night, and Thursday night, when you're up till almost midnight watching football, we're not. We get an hour early, so there you go. Anyway, Ohio State touchdown, Chris Olave, shocker. So that's how that goes. We have breaking news thanks to you right before the uh, we hit the record button. Georgia wide receiver... George Pickens is dressed and warming up. Not necessarily sure but if he's going to play, but the fact that he's back and healthy enough to warm up, that's huge. Yeah, that, that's definitely a big step in that in that ACL recovery progression. I mean, just the fact that he can get out there and go through basic warm-ups and potentially have a spot, you know, a chance to get back on the field and, and play is huge for him. Um, you, you saw his draft stock and Debbie stock kind of take a dip. You know, we talked about it off air. Anytime somebody doesn't play for a year, people kind of forget about him and forget just about how 
good a receiver this guy was. I mean, a uh, big play threat. I mean, just really solid hands, contested catch guy. I mean, this guy was a really solid receiver. So, I mean, if he can get back onto the field and show some of that explosion and just pl- physicality that he showed um, pre-injury, I mean, th- this guy could, could sneak back up into the first round of – of the of rookie drafts that, that are quite frankly weaker than we've seen in previous years. I mean, this is this is a huge step for him. Yeah, yeah, I think getting back on the field is big, and not not even not even from a perspective of you know going out and and you know putting up big numbers. I think just playing might be enough because it's still you know the middle of November. We're we're coming up on Thanksgiving, but that would give him you know a couple months going into you know the championship series, which I'm sure they're going to be in. To, to really get back to 100%. And then when he gets into all of the, you know, the postseason, you know, workouts, the combine, all of that, now he's ready to go and he can show exactly what he can do. And then his his draft stock is right back where it was before. He can get, get past those first few games where when you're coming off a serious injury, I think just the mental side of the injury is is tough. And, and you know, we tend not to focus on that because we're, we're thinking about physically how, how are they recovering? But man, the mental, mental part is huge. And if he can get past that and now he can go work out with a hundred percent confidence, that's, that's big for him. So awesome news on Pickens. It'll definitely, it'll definitely help that team too, as well. I mean, you think about it. I mean, they're already, I mean, they've got that defense. They're riding, you know, straight to the the, the playoffs. Um, you know, it, it, it's a large, you know, pe- people are talking about, you know, they're going to probably be seeing Ohio state in the playoffs. They're going to need an offense that can keep up keep up with Ohio State's offense. And I know I'm, I'm getting a little homerism here talking about Ohio State, but they're likely going to have to be playing them and, and have that offense. So they've got the run game. Getting back George Pickens to pair with, with their tight end Brock Bowers is going to be huge for that offense as a whole to, to potentially put up points and keep up with, with some of the higher-powered offenses that they're going to see in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, another thing that I threw on uh, just today onto our – our topic list was really quickly just want to talk about the trade deadline because a lot of leagues have trade deadlines. Some don't. I, I'm one of those guys that does not prefer uh, trade deadlines in Dynasty. I, I, I like being able to trade at any point. But whatever league you're playing in, the rules are fine. It's it's your league, and I love it. I'm not going to shame anyone for their league rules. But there's there's a couple different things to think about with, with the deadline. Either you're a contender, and you might be thinking, okay, I want to try to upgrade my my lineup, my starting lineup, to, to make a run and win the championship. Or, of course, the other side, I'm out of the playoffs and I want to see if I can you know trade away my win-now assets and get some pieces for the, for the next year or two. The, the one thing I want to mention, and it's, it's coming from the contender side, is you, know, you should really do some homework before you make that move if you're trading for a win-now asset and you're giving up future pieces. I, I heard this on the Dynasty Trade Calculator podcast with... Uh, you know, JP Hurley and Izzy Elkafas, one of one of the best dynasty podcasts out there. If if you're not listening to it, you, you should. Unless you're in a league with me, then then don't. But otherwise, I mean those guys are fantastic. But you know, Izzy brought up a good point, and I, I want to you know reiterate it here. And you know, first thing you want to do is is look at your look at your your game outcomes of the season and and how how many points do you typically win or lose by? You know, how close are the games? And then you know, analyze the, the upgrade that you're making and what that would do to your starting lineup and, you know, just kind of play this out. Like, okay, how many more points am I adding my starting lineup and how often would that actually make a difference? Because I think you'd be surprised at how little it would actually matter. I mean, we, we think a lot of these games are close, but, you know, it. I, I actually checked in one of my leagues and this is probably on the far end of the spectrum, but my closest game this year has been a 21-point match. Like, I lost by 21 points. That's the closest game that I've had all season. I've either won or lost by more than that every week. So that's probably an outlier. But, you know, if if you upgrade your lineup by four or five points, I'll bet most of your most of your matches don't don't go that long. If you're if you're in head-to-head, they, you know, they're 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 bigger. So you gotta be careful there, because unless you're getting a piece that you like for the next two, three years. It's probably not worth it. 
it's important to kind of bouncing off of that. Something that I learned recently um, while you're talking about that, I, I just recently made a trade. I was a middle of the pack team a couple of weeks ago, and I made a trade to, to, to potentially push for a championship and push for a playoff spot. And the trade ended up backfiring on me. And the reason it backfired on me is because I didn't look at, at my matchups for the remaining weeks of the seasons. If you make sure you're looking at your matchups, who you're playing for the remaining weeks. If you're playing perennial powerhouses in your league and, and you know that those are going to be losses and losses that push you out of the playoffs, you got to think, is that trade to get these win-now pieces going to be worth it if you're not going to make the playoffs anyway? You know How much value is that trade going to bring you if you're playing these teams that you're not going to beat tra- trade regardless? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I thought you were going to go a different direction because this was going to be my last piece of advice is make sure you look at the the players' matchups for the rest of the season, especially in the playoffs. You know, if you know you're a playoff team, and typically right now you, you have a pretty good idea, then honestly, you, you need to look at the playoff matchups and say, okay, yeah, he's got great matchups. This is going to this is gonna help. But, you know, if, if you're, let's say you're trading, you're sitting on a, you know, on a guy like, Jameer Gibbs or, or Tank Bigsby, and you're thinking about trading that Debbie asset because obviously he's not helping your roster now, and you want to go out and get, you know, Zeke Elliott because he's gonna he's gonna upgrade your your team. You know, you gotta say, okay, who who am I normally starting instead of Zeke Elliott? And how many points difference is that? And is that really gonna make a difference? So be really careful there. Now I know I'm also always cautious, you know, telling people don't don't overvalue your your Debbie players because you know, the, the the farther they they are from the NFL, the, the riskier they get. But at the same time, you you know, if you're if you're trading for for a player that's really just a win now guy this year, and man, he you know the the player might not be that good in the next couple of years. That's a that's a tough sell for me. I don't like to mortgage my future like that. You know, because again, it's just not going to matter that much. I don't think in the long run. All right, our first topic. It's time to go over a, a mock draft. So the 2022 first-round mock draft, as published on the NFL Draft Bible on SI.com, was refreshed on November 15th. We had originally put the one from November 8th. So the nice nice thing there is we can actually talk about a couple of guys that, that fell out of the first round. But then we also have some guys from the second round that was from November 8th. So we can go into that. But the, the overlaying thing here really supports a lot of the analyst suggestions that this is a a bit of a down year um, aside from wide receiver. It's absolutely stacked at wide receiver. But if you look at the players going, you know, the, the running backs, the tight ends, the quarterbacks, there's a lot more question marks than than even last year. The first first offensive player off the board, you know, not a lineman, is Matt Corral at quarterback, number nine from Ole Miss going to the Washington football team. I don't think that's any surprise there as, as, as the first quarterback. Would you agree? Oh, no, for sure. He, he's the best quarterback in this class. I mean, he's got the, the arm talent, and he's going to provide you rushing upside. I mean, this is the guy that can go out there and get you six or 700 rushing yards every season, you know. And he, he's – I heard him described as Baker Mayfield, but he's Baker Mayfield that can run the football. So, I mean, I, he's my QB1, so I'm not surprised that he's the first quarterback off the board in this draft. And just kind of hitting off of, you know, what we talked about. I mean, this is a down year, but this is a this is a defensive draft, right? I mean, you look at just about every mock draft, and every mock draft is about the same for the first five picks. I mean, it's defensive players. You I mean, you're talking Kayvon Thibodeau, Kyle Hamilton, Derek Stingley. Um, you're talking, uh, what's the, Aiden, Aiden Mitchinson, or Aiden Hutchinson, whatever his name is, you know, it's, this is defensive draft. So, I mean, if, I mean, this, this is not the year to go out and get those offensive, you know, wide receiver one, RB ones, you know, this, that this just, this isn't the draft for that. So I'm not surprised that the first quarterback is coming off the board at pick nine. And I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if that doesn't happen real time come NFL draft time. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see. I mean, man, I, I, the first quarterback falling all the way to nine is, is huge. I mean, that, Usually those teams up top are so bad, but anyway, the the next guy off the board is at pick fifteen to the Cleveland Browns, and that's Garrett Wilson, wide receiver from Ohio State. Your wide receiver one, yeah, yeah, the Ohio State. Um, <laughs> I don't think I don't think Garrett Wilson being the first wide receiver selected would would surprise either one of us. Is that correct? No, it wouldn't surprise me. Now I I've started to come around a little bit to to your train of thought. I have now officially moved Traylon Burks up to wide receiver one as my latest uh rankings update um however i do love garrett wilson at at 
specifically at that spot for the Browns. I mean, they, they've got the speed and Anthony Schwartz. Um, they've got kind of the slot receiver guy and Jarvis Landry. They need a physical kind of presence and Garrett Wilson fits that Tito mold. So I, I really like that, that pick for them for, from a team fit perspective. Yeah, I would agree completely there. The next one, right at pick 16, the Denver Broncos select quarterback Malik Willis out of Liberty. This one surprises me a little bit as the second quarterback off the board. He's clearly, in, in, in my opinion, one of the bigger, you know, boom or, you know, boom or bust type quarterbacks because the rushing upside is fantastic. But, you know, there are some questions about the passing. That said, uh, you know, he, he does check a lot of boxes, and I think I think he is a lock for the first round. I think there there's no way that all the teams are going to pass on this guy. Speaking of Garrett Wilson, he just caught a big touchdown pass, so Ohio State is rolling over Michigan State so far early in this game. God, what an offensive juggernaut. Uh, any thoughts on, on Malik Willis? Um, I, I I wouldn't be surprised to see him go, you know, second quarterback off the board. I mean, teams, teams see, you know, the Lamar Jackson effect. Um, they, they, they see, I mean, they see these rushing quarterbacks, you know, the, these spread offenses, these option offenses, RPO type, type offenses. And they're, they're starting to run with that in the NFL and see that they can be successful. So he's definitely a lot for me. First round pick. I don't like the Broncos landing spot. Um, when you look at, when you look at John Elway, John Elway has a tendency when he's picking quarterbacks. And I'm just going to read off a list of some of the latest quarterbacks they've had on that team. Um, you, re- you ready? <laughs> yeah. Trevor, Se- Trevor, Trevor Simeon, Paxton Lynch, Case Keenum, Brock Osweiler, Peyton Manning. That's an outlier. Um, Kyle Orton. You know, they've had Jay Cutler, re- uh, a, you know, a long time ago. They've had Joe Flacco there recently. Drew Locke. Do, 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 you, do you sense a theme here when it comes to the type of quarterback that they like having on that team? Bad ones. <laughs> it's not the running quarterback. They don't. They don't right. draft. They don't draft running quarterbacks. So I don't. I don't see Malik Willis getting drafted by the by the Denver Broncos. Yeah. Well, maybe the thought is okay. We've we've taken all these shots on these guys that are not, you know, athletically gifted when it comes to running, and they're trying to do something different. Who knows? But yeah, I, that's a weird match based on their history. Um, the next quarterback is the next player at 21, and that's Kenny Pickett from Pitt, and he goes to the New Orleans Saints. I think this would be an absolute smash landing spot. As much as Vikings fans hate the New Orleans Saints because of 2009, and we won't even get into the whole cheating thing, but Sean Payton is a great offensive coach. I mean, he's he just gets production. It seems like every time Drew Brees went down, he was replaced by, you know, insert backup here the backup did well I mean the team just just kept winning and they kept producing points offensively and I I think if if a quarterback gets picked by the Saints I I would be ecstatic to draft him you know in in a rookie draft next year I mean if if Jameis eat W's for breakfast Winston can can succeed in the Bucks offense you gotta think Kenny Pickett can succeed there I mean that's a perfect pairing for them I think yeah, I mean Winston and, and Trevor Simeon's actually doing all right, and we've seen Teddy Bridgewater in past years, and yeah, the, the list the list goes on. The next guy right after twenty one is twenty two, and that's previously mentioned wide receiver one for both of us now, Traylon Burks out of Arkansas going to the New England Patriots. Now the Patriots have had some some actual bad first round choices when it comes to both wide receiver and running back. However, what you what you love about this is that the opportunity is there. I mean, they they've got a couple of good tight ends, but the the wide receivers are wide open. I mean, when your best wide receiver is Jacoby Myers, who who scored his first touchdown after playing for what felt like a decade, there's an opportunity. And here's the thing that that I have learned this year that I need to remember when I'm going into my rookie drafts because it matters. He would then be tied to a young good developing quarterback. So he would immediately be tied to Mac Jones, who's having a very good rookie season. I love that pairing. And if you look at some of your top dynasty wide receivers now, you know, you've got CeeDee Lamb in Dallas tied to Dak Prescott. That's a great matchup. Jamar Chase tied to Joe Burrow. I mean, that's where you see why those guys tied to Kirk Cousins. Well, I mean, people rip Kirk Cousins. The, the dude, the dude puts up numbers. I mean, I, I, 
it's kind of a weird thing. I don't know why the fantasy community doesn't like him. I, I know why I, Vikings I, fans don't like him. I had, but, to, I had to take the shot. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, he... You know, he was tied to Kirk Cousins, and he had 1,400 yards last season as a rookie. So, <laughs> he he's he's great. But, you know, you, you see these other guys like, you know, Devonta Smith. What would he be doing if he was tied to a, a great young quarterback? I mean, you know, you, he's already starting to put up really good numbers. Jalen Waddell. I mean, he's getting the targets. We don't know about Tua yet. I mean, so... That matters when it comes to landing spot. It's not just draft capital. It's okay. What? What? Who's his quarterback for the foreseeable future? So I would love that for for Traylon Burks. And what's crazy? What's crazy is I used to, you know, we used to not like skill position players going to the Patriots. That used to be a place that they would go to not be fantasy relevant. And now when you look at Mac Jones and what he's done for that offense, I love. I would love for a top wide receiver to go to the Patriots because Mac Jones has proven that he's going to be the quarterback there for a potential decade and be great. I mean, I think if we learn anything from this draft class, aside from, you know, aside from that, it's, it's that if a quarterback gets round one draft capital, you need, you need to spend the draft capital on in your rookie drafts, um, regardless of what your opinion on him is, you know what? What your what your evaluation was on him coming into the draft, the NFL draft. I mean, if he gets first round draft capital, he needs to be on your radar and somebody that you spend capital on in your rookie drafts. Yeah, the the only exception to that that I can think of in the last few years is when Green Bay inexplicably took Jordan Love. That was so bizarre when when Aaron Rodgers was wasn't even close to retirement, and he wasn't even close to you know, being off his game. I mean, he had a couple of down years statistically from a fantasy perspective, but I mean, it, it just, it was such an odd pick. I know the every Packer fan I know hated it, but yeah, it, it, and that's the only example. Otherwise, to your point, and I've heard this from other people and they're, they're absolutely right. First round quarterbacks hold value in super flex leagues. They just do. I mean, you're, you're not trading away. You know, let's say you got Trey Lance. You're not, you're not giving him away right now you know, for, for less than what you drafted him for, because sure, he's not going to get his opportunity this year and that's fine. He'll get it next year. I mean, it, it's coming, you know, they're not going to invest all that draft capital in a guy and just, you know, let him sit for three seasons and do nothing with them. I mean, it, it's only a matter of time in San Francisco. I mean, even your mid round quarterbacks, like you just mentioned Tua earlier in the pod who we don't even know is, is a hit or not yet. I mean, he still holds trade value. So, I mean, the quarterback and that position holds trade value longer than any other position. Yeah, absolutely. All right, the next guy, another wide receiver at 25 to the Las Vegas Raiders. That's Chris Olave, another wide receiver from Ohio State. I love Olave. Um, just started fell, falling in love with him at the end of last season, and there's there's nothing I've seen this year that has made me like him any less. He's fantastic. I think he's just a outstanding route rush or yeah, route runner. He, he's I think he's the complete package and and he's he he's going to be he's going to be a great a great wide receiver for a team. He might be better suited as as a wide receiver too on a team, but who knows, right? And and you know, Derek Carr's there. He's solid. And and that's not a bad pairing. I and I don't think they're going to go away from Carr anytime soon. So I would love that landing spot for him because I, I think there's an there's an opportunity because no other wide receiver is stepping up and claiming it in in Vegas. I mean they they need a wide receiver. I mean they've 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 got problems at, at that position. Um, Brian Edwards has not stepped up, and, and we know some of the other problems on that roster um, when it comes to the wide receiver position. So I mean that they they need that position. I think Chris Olave is a great pick. I heard somebody mention on Twitter a couple weeks ago that they think he should have came out last year. I think I might agree with that. I mean, you look at the roster this year. I mean, Garrett Wilson has exploded. Um, the the rise for, from Jackson Smith and Jigba on that roster this year has been nothing short of magnificent. Um, a guy that we both loved. Um, both loved. <laughs> I think he was both of our wide receivers that we liked coming in as a freshman. Oh, yeah. So so it's really it's been really fun to watch him. But yeah, I, I think I think coming out last year might have helped him a little more. But I mean, still not a bad landing spot. Yeah, they they were so talented at wide receiver. They didn't need Jamison Williams. That's it's just amazing. All right, at thirty one, our first tight end off the board, Jalen Weidermeyer from Texas A and M, going to the Tennessee Titans. I could see that. I guess. I mean, they 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 have a hole. 
I, I don't know if that excites me, but first round draft capital is nice for a tight end. Again, as long as you're willing to wait, because even those those gaudy, you know, high profile tight ends like Pitts and you know, even I'm gonna put Fryermuth into that, they have definitely flashed, but you know, it's not like they're up there with, with Kelsey yet. So it takes time, but you know, if if you invested in either one of those guys, you're you're loving the future for them. What do you think about Weidermeyer as the first tight end off the board? I think he'll be the first tight end off the board, and I think he's going to get first-round draft capital. Um, I don't think he should go to the Titans, <laughs> but, but I mean, that's it's a mock draft, and we nobody really knows what's happening. Um, you look at the Titans, and um, Ryan, Ryan Tannehill has been sacked 29 times um, just this season. Um, the Titans ha- have the highest sack and QB pressure rate um, given up uh, by opposing defenses in the NFL. Um, they need an offensive lineman. They need help. They need somebody to protect their quarterback. So a tight end to them doesn't necessarily make sense. I think they need an offensive tackle, a guard, something like that. Um, there, there's potential um, good ones in the back half of this draft that I think they can draft. Um, but that's not your question. I think Jalen Watermeyer is going to get first-round draft capital. I just don't think it's going to be the Titans. Yeah, yeah, who knows? And I don't know why the Titans are picking 31st, but that's a whole other thing. And then 32nd, <laughs> and I really hope the team – isn't actually drafting 32nd because it's the Green Bay Packers because that means they won the Super Bowl and oh, makes me want to just puke. But the aforementioned Jamison Williams, wide receiver at Alabama, maybe, maybe the number one stock riser this year other than than the quarterback Kenny Pickett that we mentioned with Pitt. But man, has this guy absolutely exploded this season. Would not surprise me at all if he's a first-round pick. Oh, no, not at all. And he's... He's firmly cemented into my top twelve rookie rankings right now. Um, I love, I absolutely love Jamison Williams. I mean, he's got, I mean, he he's got that speed that you like out of a wide receiver. But he's not just a speed guy. I mean, he runs good routes and has got really really solid hands. And I mean, you you look at just the rise that he's had. I mean, he's gonna be that that late round steal. I mean, I know I talked about, you know, I just said that he he's in my top twelve rankings. You don't have to draft him there. I mean, you could get him. Um, you could get him in the second round. I'm trying to pull up right now rookie draft mock draft that I just did to give you guys some sort of. Uh, yeah, here we go. This rookie mock that I just ran with with several analysts on Twitter. I mean, Jared Wackley is in there. Tristan Cook um, is, is in there. I mean, Dynasty PJ is in there. Like a bunch a bunch of Debbie guys that know what they're talking about. Um, Jamison Williams just went at 208 in this rookie mock. Wow. I mean, the value that you can get on this kid is absolutely stupid, ridiculous. And I mean, if that's the value that he is, I'm going to have this kid everywhere. I mean, yeah, if he goes in the first round, there's no way, no way that should happen. It just, it just can't. I mean, that that's, that's crazy. The one thing about this, and I know this, this doesn't matter really, but I would not like the landing spot to the Green Bay Packers because we don't know what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. We don't know what's going to happen with Devontae Adams. They could both be gone. And while you think, oh, Devontae Adams leaving, that leaves a big hole. He's the number one guy. Well, who's throwing on the ball? I mean, we don't know about Jordan Love yet. So that that would make me nervous. Dropping out of the first round from the previous week, we've got quarterback Sam Howell, North Carolina. I I guess I'd be a little surprised. I, I think he's a first round quarterback, but maybe that happens. You never know. And then Drake London, uh, wide receiver from USC. He's typically been in mock first rounds. He, you know, he's he got hurt. He's done for the season, but was putting up just absurd stats. You know, do you think those guys are are probably going to be first round picks, or do you agree that they should drop to you know the second round? I think Sam Howell will probably be a back half of the first round guy. That's where I'm seeing him get mocked a lot, um, and I think that's probably where he'll end up going. Um, if he dropped into maybe the top of the second round, I would be surprised. But I mean, I guess I could maybe see it happening. Um, Drake London, I think, is a first round pick. I mean, I could see him going above Jamison Williams, above Chris Olave. Um, the only wide receivers I think that should go above Drake London are Traylon Burks and Garrett Wilson. Um, the only thing that'll potentially hold him back is medical. Um, if teams don't feel confident that he's going to come back from what was it, a broken ankle, broken foot, or something like that, or whatever the injury was, he might he he might go day two. Um, but I, I still think he's a he's a round one guy. Yeah, I, I, I'm guessing the injury won't won't be a factor. It didn't sound like anything that would be, you know, 
career threatening, right? So he he should be fine. Just a matter of you know how soon can he get back out there and work out? Because I think I think his workouts are going to matter. Um, he wins a ton of contested catches. He's such a big target. So you know I think I think the NFL is going to want to see his his athletic profile. I I think Sam Howell's a, a first round guy. You think about some of these teams that have you know veteran quarterbacks that. It's it's time to move on. You know the Pittsburgh Steelers being the most obvious one that I can think of off the top of my head. You know, why wouldn't they want a, a Sam Howell? That sounds like just a, a perfect guy to go with. Getting into round two, uh, number thirty-seven was Carson Strong, quarterback in Nevada, going to. And this is funny because the round two is from the previous week, so it says Washington. So clearly they think Washington's going to take a quarterback. Obviously they're not going to take two in the first two rounds. But let's just talk about. Do you think Carson Strong is an early day two type guy, or do you think he could be a day one guy? I think he's an early day two guy. I mean, you look at his medicals. I mean, his his knee injuries and I mean the knee surgeries that he's had. I mean, what? I mean, if if he would move around in the pocket and you know get get outside the pocket, outside the numbers, might not be that big of an issue. But I mean, this guy's a statue. He doesn't he doesn't move. I mean, you're talking about a guy that could finish games with negative rushing yards. I mean, this guy stays in the pocket, and when you've got a history of knee injuries, I mean, that that's a guy that I don't see teams taking in the first round. Medicals are going to be huge for him. Um, Carson Strong, I know he's a guy that everybody in the Debbie community is really excited about and pumping up on Twitter. Um, use that to your advantage. If you've got Carson Strong on any of your Debbie rosters, sell, sell him to anybody that'll buy him, in my opinion. I mean, Carson Strong is honestly off my draft radar. Right now, I'm not. I'm not taking him. I'm trying to sell him where I can because, ba- based on what I've seen, he's not a guy that I want, that I feel comfortable having on my on my fantasy rosters. I'm gonna go the other way. I like him a lot. Um, I know he's not mobile, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with a pocket passer. I think he can move in the pocket enough. I know sometimes people don't think he he has that capability. I've seen plays where he stepped up in the pocket. The dude is accurate all over the field. He has the arm talent. So that's that's what I like most about Strong. I I prefer the 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 arm that I see in him over some other guys. So I think, you know, depend, again, depending on landing spot and draft capital, I think he could be really really good and in early early round 2, you know, it, assuming he goes to a team that that has a, a vacancy at quarterback, I think is going to be outstanding. I mean, his his arm talent's great. Like, I don't I don't have a problem with his arm. Talent. He's got probably one of the best deep balls and accuracy in the class. I mean, his arm talent's phenomenal. I just I I really really need to see what those medicals are because until I know absolutely beyond a shadow of a doubt that his knee's okay, he's not on my radar. All right, fair enough. Uh, moving on at forty six, the Atlanta Falcons take hometown. Guy, I previously mentioned George Pickens, wide receiver from Georgia. I think this would be an awesome draft pick for them, an awesome landing spot. They they have Ridley. I mean, I'm assuming he's coming back next season. They obviously have Pitts, but they, they have really just a bunch of meh guys outside of, of those two. That would give them, you know, three really good targets for, for Matt Ryan, who's, I think, going to be around for one more season because I've heard his dead cap is ridiculously high. So, they they can't they can't get out from under that. Now they might draft a quarterback to to let him you know season for a year and, and develop on the bench, which would be really smart. But I, I think that would be great for for Pickens going to that going to that opportunity because he doesn't have to be the guy right away. He could be part of what what's setting up to be a really good passing attack. And when they do take their next quarterback, he's going to immediately jump into a, a really promising spot. Yeah, that's a really good spot for them. That that could be another team that potentially looks at offensive linemen. I know Matt Ryan's been bullied a lot this season as well, um, so um, they could potentially look at O line there. Um, but I really like that spot for him. Um, opposite opposite Calvin Ridley, that'd be a really good spot. And that's a team that kind of likes to have that next wide receiver up and grooming. I mean, you've seen it with Roddy White, Julio Jones, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. Do they do it with Calvin Ridley, George Pickens? Um, that's kind of been their game plan. Um, throughout that franchise history. Yep, I like it. I like it. All right, the next one at 49 going to the Chiefs, so everyone will immediately get excited about this, is Jahan Dotson, wide receiver from Penn State. I think Dotson is that guy that could, because this seems to happen every season, could just all of a sudden 
get drafted in the first round. Like somebody falls in love with his athletic profile and what he's doing on tape. Another touchdown for Chris Olave, by the way. This is a route. So there you go. Anyway, excuse that for that live break in. Every year we see this guy, you know, some wide receiver all of a sudden gets gets moved up. You know, it was it was Ruggs or it was Marquise Brown. I think Dotson is one of those guys who could do that. I think people will go absolutely bat crap crazy if he goes to the Chiefs and they'll overvalue him because, oh my God, he's with the Chiefs and, and anyone who goes to the Chiefs is, is the best prospect, except he's still number three on the target share chart because unless they get rid of Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, that, that's, a, that's a significant pecking order. But still... Second round, you you would love that, and, and the dude is good. I mean, he's a really good wide receiver, so it wouldn't surprise me at all if he moved up into the first round. What do you think? I I love Jahan Dotson. I love his athletic profile, what he does on the field. If he goes to the Chiefs, I'm going to be really upset because I'm not going to have any shares of him because where you're going to have to draft this kid in rookie drafts, I'm not going to spend that draft capital on him. I'm going to take guys like you know Garrett Wilson, like Traylon Burks, like um, – Isaiah Spiller, you know, I'm going to take those guys before I take Jahan Dotson, and you're going to have to take Jahan Dotson above those guys if he goes to the Chiefs, and I'm just, I'm not going to have any shares, so that'll be the only upsetting part about it. (laughs) (laughs) I hear you. All right, and then the next pick at 50, another wide receiver, as you can see, it's just a wide receiver loaded draft, is John Mechie the third out of Alabama, so the second Alabama wide receiver to go. This one, again, the second round mock is is from the previous week. So they have the Patriots. I don't think they're going to draft wide receivers with their two first picks, but still middle of the second round, that feels like the right spot for, for Mechie. I do not see him going in the first round. He was mocked there at the beginning of the season. He He's fallen out of that. I, I, I believe this is about the right spot. He feels like more of a round three or round four guy to me. I mean, I could potentially see him going in round two, but I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking three or four, if if we're being honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's more likely than round one. I'll, I'll give you that for sure. I just, I just don't think he's, he's not, you know, great at anything. He, he's a very good player, but you know, there's just, there's just better wide receivers, and I think, I think people will continue to to pass on him to, to address other needs. The the next guy is another wide receiver, and. This is interesting because you talk about having a fantastic season, and that's David Bell from Purdue going to the New Orleans Saints in this second-round mock. That would be an intriguing landing spot because, again, of, of Sean Payton and his offensive skills. Um, do, you think, do you think Bell falls too far here? Because I feel like the Debbie community is, is really – you know, kind of, kind of bipolar when it comes to to Bell. Either you love him, or you're like, yeah, he's okay, he's good. I mean, he's good, but he's really good in college. I don't know if that's going to be really good in the NFL. Where are you at on Bell? I I used to be part of the community that was like, I mean, he's he's a great wide receiver, but he doesn't do anything like phenomenally, right? And then you see him this year where he's got what three games of over 200 yards. I mean, just what he does after the catch with the ball in his hands this year, has been fantastic. Um, I think, you know, round two, pick 55, is that feels late. I mean, you look at some guys that got picked above him. I mean, John Mechie, George Pickens post-injury. Um, I could see David Bell going above, I mean, even maybe Jamison Williams, um, which who, who had first-round draft capital. I mean, maybe it's just because I, I'm really high on David Bell, but I mean, you can't watch him this year and look at what he's put on film and tell me that that's a back half of the second round guy. Yeah, he's he's had such a good season and it's not like it was a breakout season. I mean, he's been doing this for his his whole career and I was I was one of those guys that's like, yeah, he's good. I just don't know if he's going to be great. Like I don't know I don't know if he's a wide receiver one in the NFL. I think, you know, I've always felt like the ideal landing spot would be a, a team that that had a a true alpha and had a good passing attack and needed a good second receiver to go with them. You know, let's say for, you know, just going to make something up here. Let's say the Dallas Cowboys let Amari Cooper go and he goes to Dallas and he's immediately the second wide receiver behind, you know, CeeDee Lamb. That would excite me. It's like, oh yeah, that, that passing attack can absolutely support two really good wide receivers. And, and I'll take that, um, something like that. 
But maybe if he again, if he gets if he gets a landing spot with a team that has an established quarterback and they need a wide receiver one, he he could you know may, maybe I'm I'm undervaluing that, and it's it's going to be one of those things where I'm going to have to reassess him before rookie drafts you know in my non Debbie leagues because I don't I don't want to miss out on on him and be like man I have no shares of this kid and he's so good and that'll be you know like I have no shares of Jamar Chase and it wasn't that I didn't like him I just you know, the rare times I had a chance to draft him I was on a it was probably a super flex league where I absolutely had to take a quarterback or I didn't you know whatever like or I think there was another league where where um I, w- I was very wide receiver heavy and I was stacked and I needed a running back so I took Najee Harris but it's like you know it sucks watching Jamar Chase do had, so well I had two <laughs> chances to draft Jamar Chase in super flex leagues one league I took Justin Fields the other league I took Trey Lance <laughs> yeah, and if you're in a Superflex league, I mean, you didn't make the wrong decision, right? As, as great as Chase looks, you'll have other opportunities to find, you know, really good wide receivers. Justin Fields, his last two games played, it's like, uh, there's why we like Justin Fields coming out of college. So really, really like that. Uh, moving on, the last pick that we're going to talk about, Isaiah Likely, tight end from Coastal Carolina going to the Arizona Cardinals. I think that's a... A bit of an odd landing spot, um, but maybe. I mean, I know they got you know Zach Ertz, who's not super young, but he's not, you know, he's not like he's thirty eight. So uh, they spread the ball around so much. But do do you think Isaiah likely is likely to go in the second round? It's an odd landing spot, but I think that I think that's what his value is. I mean, you look at what he's done for Coastal Carolina and. I think there's a really solid chance this dude is the second tight end off the board. I mean, you you look at it all the time. I mean, can you remember a draft in, in recent memory that you're watching and, and you haven't gone, really? When, when a random tight end is drafted in like round two or three. I mean, tight end, I feel like, is the weirdest position that when it comes to draft capital. So, I mean, Isaiah likely getting round two draft capital. I mean, sure, why not? Yeah, I... You 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 nailed it right there. I am so like that when it comes to tight ends. It's like you know, unless it's it's just those those can't miss guys, which we don't see very often. You know that that's why that's why you stay away in Devi and le- again unless it's it's a Kyle Pitts or a Fryermuth. It's like because it's it's so hard. And even then, I'm I'm not going to invest usually Devi picks in tight ends unless I'm in a tight end premium league or a two tight end league because man, it just takes forever and they're so unpredictable. The the biggest thing. Uh, out of these mock two rounds, no running backs. And I'm, I would not be surprised at all if that happens. I just, there's, there's, there's nobody that, that I think is going to be that, that stud running back. Now, sure. One can slip into the second round, but, but I think there's, there's, there's a a big number of them. We're going to get into running backs a little bit, but we're going to talk, you know, most, mostly Debbie, but obviously, but Man, it's just, you know, I think teams are going to wait because they can find value later. I mean, you know, look at, you know, Jamar Jefferson, seventh-round pick for Detroit. All of a sudden, he gets an opportunity, looks pretty good. Kylan Hill looked fantastic in the preseason for Green Bay until he got hurt. I mean, he could be the guy that when he comes back, he replaces Aaron Jones, and it's the the Kylan Hill and A.J. Dillon, you know, tandem in Green Bay. I mean, you don't need to put the high draft capital in guys unless they're just can't miss studs and there is no can't miss stud in this draft. And what I've kind of learned about this draft too, I've told several people this, um, you look at this draft. I mean, there, there's, there's really good players in this draft. So it's not, it's not a bad class in the way that it, people are calling it a bad class. Um, what I mean when, when I talk about this class being weaker is that this class is filled with more RB two and threes and wide receiver two and threes than it is filled with fantasy running back ones and fantasy wide receiver ones. I mean, there's a few guys that'll have some wide receiver and running back one weeks, but o- overall, there there are more twos in this class than there are ones. Yeah, absolutely. And we're gonna we're gonna transition into our our top three tiers of running back. So I know we're we're already 40 minutes in. It's gonna be a little bit longer than usual, but we'll try to get through these pretty quickly because I don't think there's gonna be a ton of disagreement. You know, Matt, let's talk about your tier one guys. Who do you have in tier one for Devi running backs? When it, when it comes to tier one, and this is going to be probably where the biggest disagreement comes in between the two of us, um, tier tier one is two running backs and two running backs only. 
And I'm going to debate you to the death with this because I see that you have three running backs in there. And I think that you're wrong. <laughs> Lovingly, I think that you're wrong. <laughs> but t t tier one is B. John Robinson and Estravion Henderson. Um, the these two are the two best running backs in college. Um, there, there's nothing that these running backs can't do. I mean, run between the tackles, powerful runners. I mean, explosive. You look at Travion Henderson. We were talking about it off show. I mean, this dude breaks breaks a run once every every single week. Um, B. John Robinson before the injury. I mean, was doing that as well. I mean, can be pass catchers. You look at these guys. Um, I know I know that you've got a third guy in there um, that you like that you're going to talk about. But you look at these guys, and I mean, they're they're the cream of the crop when it comes to Debbie running backs. Um, they're in a league of their own. Um, that doesn't mean that the other running backs aren't good. Um, I still like a lot of the other running backs. I mean, the tier two that I have is still really, really good. But Bijan Robinson, Travion Henderson are leagues and miles above every other running back in Debbie right now. I'm not going to argue with the fact that they're tier one because they were they, they're in my tier one as well. The third guy in in my tier one that you argue with is Jameer Gibbs from Georgia Tech, uh, available or eligible, I should say, in the 2023 draft, similar to Bijan Robinson. Of course, Travion Henderson's a freshman. He is not eligible until 2024. And my argument for Gibbs is he has all the traits of a tier one running back. He he can run the ball. He's explosive. He can make people miss. His pass catching is elite and and maybe the best of, of, of the Devi prospects that we're going to talk about. And he doesn't just take dump offs. He runs routes. I just, I think in, in today's NFL, you know, a PPR league, he, he's going to be fantastic. And the other argument that I have over why I think he's tier one is he's doing it on Georgia Tech. You know, you, you, you swap him, swap him on teams with Travion Henderson. And what kind of numbers is he putting up when he gets to play with, with a likely like a likely NFL quarterback and CJ Stroud and three guys at wide receiver, not one, not two, probably three guys that are going to be first round draft picks. Wow. Julian Fleming scores a touchdown. There's another Ohio state no, wide receiver. It's lives. probably more than three, three I first he, round Pratt. I thought, I thought he was dead. <laughs> nope. He's alive and well, and CJ Stroud has four touchdown passes and we're in the second quarter. Anyway, I, I just, I think you gotta, you gotta consider where he's playing. He's so good. And I, I, I loved him before he played it down. I loved him all last year. And I'm, I'm just deciding, you know what? I'm taking a stand. I, I think he's a tier one running back. And, I, and I'm not going to argue with the pass catching. He's, he's art. He's not arguably. He is, he's the best pass catching running back that we're going to talk about today. Um, there's not much of an argument when it comes to that. I just think when you stack him up tit for tat against B. John Robinson and Travion Henderson, they are they're they're cut from different molds. I mean, those aren't the same running backs. I mean, I th well, do I think that Jameer Gibbs is going to be an RB one? Yes, absolutely. I mean, the way this kid is elusive in open space, his pass kicking chops, he's going to be a running back one. I, I'm not going to sit here and argue that. But when you look at what Bijan Robinson and Travion Henderson are going to be, in my opinion, I mean, you're talking perennial All Pros. I mean, they're 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 not the same running back, and that's why I've got you know Jameer Gibbs in my tier two. Still a fantastic running back, just not a tier so one. So you can back. trade, you can trade Travion Henderson for Jameer Gibbs plus. That's what I'm telling you. <laughs> and I would absolutely, I would absolutely, I mean, I would do that. <laughs> you get one more, you get one more year. You get a year earlier on your on your dynasty roster, and you get something added on. All right, tier two. This is going to be fairly similar as well. Let's let's get into your four guys in your tier two of running backs. Obviously, we've already talked. About one of them. Who are your Who are your other three besides Jameer Gibbs? This was the hardest tier ranking when it came to you know when you, when you're asking for my tier running backs. This was the, probably my hardest tier, um, just because I think I could have put tier two and tier three together. Maybe I had a hard time kind of separating these two, um, but tier two I've got Isaiah Spiller in there. Um, I like. I mean, he's a dynamic running back. I mean, he's a he's a complete three down back, and you get him a year early. Um, so. I, he's my RB1 in the class. I like him. Um, Tank Bigsby, you know, I mean, I'm not going to sit here. Hold on. Skip. Hold on one second. We are, we're 48 minutes into the show, and I'm just now mentioning Tank Bigsby. Congratulations. That that's, is the longest you've gross. ever gone. That's growth. I'm, 
It, 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 it is. It's totally growth. That is the best. <laughs> um, take Bigsby down to running back four, man. I didn't think it was possible, um, but that's just where he is right now. I mean, you look at he he's taken he he's admittedly taken a step back this year, and Jar, Jarquez Hunter, um, honestly, at times has looked like a better running back than Take Bigsby has. Um, so, I mean, he's still a tier two running back. Just the physicality, the run people over, um, just the pure running back that he is. Jameer Gibbs, your guy, pass catching, and then I've got Brees Brees Hall as the last of my tier two running backs. I thought about putting him as a tier three running back. I'm not a huge fan of Brees Hall. I mean, I think he's explosive. I think he's a good pass catcher. I just I haven't, for some reason, I haven't really been a fan of Brees Hall. He's he, he's not somebody that like is really just ultra exciting for me. I think he's a really good running back. I just, I don't have him rated as high as everybody else does. I, I see what you're getting at because he's kind of that, you know, we, we talked about it with the wide receivers. He, he's really good at a lot of stuff. He's not phenomenal or great at anything. I mean, it's like, yeah, yeah, he, he's solid, but... You know, if he gets an opportunity, I think to be a, a wide rec- or a running back one on his team, I think people are going to be very happy. Maybe he slips in in, in drafts and he becomes that that value guy because Brees Hall is also in my tier two. Isaiah Spiller's in my tier two. I do have Spiller ahead of Hall as well, um, but but again, the same tier. Both are eligible, you know, in twenty twenty two. So that that means something because you're going to get them next year. And I, I like them both. I do think Spiller's more dynamic. I think he's the best running back coming out. And there's one more guy, of course, that we're gonna we're gonna talk about when we get to tier three. A couple more guys. Um, I've got Tank Bigsby, you know, in my in my tier two as well. I've still still got him up there as number four. I I understand people might be a little bit down on him, but I think that's maybe an opportunity to to go out and see if anyone's willing to to cut bait because I think he's still the the player that we fell in love with last year and by fell in love with I mean you know a lot of the Debbie community fell in love with him perhaps Matthew Jackson's going to change his middle name to Tank and name his firstborn son after that as well but you know there's there's varying levels of of love and and you're up there I've my final guy in tier two I've still got Zach Evans from well TCU He, he might be moving on I just the talent is so good and I know there's been a few kind of off the field things but nothing Nothing that I would put in the total red flag department. I mean, I just they're they're minor flat. Like like you know, I'm a soccer guy. He he's getting a couple of yellow card cautions, but he's not getting the red card yet. I mean, he hasn't, you know, he hasn't broken the law. I mean, he he's not doing any of that nonsense. Um, so I I, I think that that would be obviously a, a showstopper. I just think he's got some maturing to do, and hopefully he can find the place to do that. And, and figure that out because he is, he's probably the most talented guy of the, of the tier two guys. It's just because of those caution flags that, that have me dropping him down a little bit. And that's why he's a tier three running back for me. You know, I mentioned when I went in my tier two, that I could kind of mold tier two and tier three together. That's what I was talking about. I mean, I could put, I could easily put Zach Evans in my tier two running backs and he would be, you know, not at seven. He would be closer to three or four. Um, It's, it, it's just, Whenever you look at, you know, the news and, you know, what what's going on in the college football world, I mean, I have seen Zach Evans' name pop up too many times for my liking for him not to be a Tier 3 running back. And he's got some maturing to do, as you said. If he can get it figured out, I mean, he could be one of the, you know, the best running back in his class. I mean, he could be the guy that we're talking about that's the steal of rookie drafts if he can get his head screwed on straight. Yeah, absolutely. So you you mentioned him as tier three. Who's your other tier three guy? Yeah, my other tier three guy, um, running back three, potentially might move up to running back two in this this twenty twenty two class. Um, Kenneth Walker, out of Michigan State, who, um, you know, ha- has been a huge fan um, in the Devon community. Uh, Matthew Bruning um, is, has been one of the biggest guys <laughs> on this kid. Um, has been, you know. You know, huge guy after running. What was that game? He ran for like 200 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, really put himself on the map. He's like third or fourth in Heisman voting right now. Um, really, really explosive running back. He's good between the tackles. Biggest thing for him, knock on him, is he doesn't he doesn't catch the ball. Um, he, he's not a pass catching running back. Um, so I knocked that down a little bit. I mean, I want a guy that can be a three down 
pass catching running back. Give me those PPR points. Um, so that's why he's a tier three running back for me. Um, was was looking to see if he's having a statement game versus Ohio State yet, and it does not appear that he is. Um, and if my stats are, stats are updated correct, he's got one carry for negative one yards, so they probably need to fix that. Well, um, and he he's getting game scripted right out of this bad boy. I mean, they're they're down four <laughs> touchdowns, so <laughs> good luck, good luck with that. But I I agree with everything you said on on Walker. He's also in my my tier three. Um, he, talk about a a, a great you know, final college season, you know, so again, one of the bigger risers this year in, in, in Debbie, he, I mean, he just looks really good. And, and I agree. I mean, he could definitely be, he might be the RB two or maybe even RB one. I mean, it, it, it's just, you know, it, it'll depend on how many tests. And the thing is you mentioned, um, you know, he's not a pass catcher. What we need to make sure we do when you, when you say that about a running back is, you know, really look at, is he not a pass catcher? Because, He's not good at it, or is he not, not a past, or is he not a pass catcher because they're not throwing the ball? And because I think we we tend to make that mistake, like people just look at the stats and say, "Oh, you know, he caught nine passes, you know, in college. That's crap." But if if their offensive scheme doesn't doesn't throw the ball to running backs, it doesn't mean he can't, you know. And I think you know people made the mistake with Jonathan Taylor from you know coming out of Wisconsin like oh he's not he's not a pass catcher you know not like Clyde Edwards Alaire well guess which guys catching more passes in in the NFL it's not even close and so it's that does he have the ability to do it uh my other tier 3 guys is, you know one of them you're going to talk about when you you cheated went to tier 4 but that's fine no worries uh Kyron Williams another 2022 eligible guy from Notre Dame he is a great pass catcher, so he's one of those all-around guys. He just does everything very well. He's had a breakout game. I I think he's he's gonna be, you know, one of the top four or five running backs taken. He might be day three. You know, it depends on you know. You never know what team falls in love with him, but uh, really like his game. And then my other guy, and I'm I'm putting my I'm taking my stand on this guy. So this is my other guy that I just I love him too much to not talk about him. And that's Raheem the Rocket Sanders, Arkansas, true freshman, 2024 eligible. I think this guy is going to be an absolute stud. He's so physically gifted. He's got size. He's got speed. It's just a matter of him getting you know, comfortable at running back because he's got a position change. And so I, I'm putting up up my list you know, a lot higher than what I think a lot of other people have him. You know, I'm taking a chance. I'm throwing him out there. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but that's, he's a guy that I'm going to be, I, I scooped up in a lot of C to C, you know, freshman drafts and I'm going to, in, in Debbie leagues, I'm going to be adding him to a lot of my rosters. Cause I, I really do think this kid's got a massive ceiling. Yeah. I know a lot of analysts are definitely high on Raheem Sanders. So um, definitely have to take back a look back at that. Um, I've got Kyron Williams in my, in my tier I guess four. <laughs> I cheated. I cheated, as you said. But I started a whole other tier. Uh, tier four running backs. Landing spot is gonna be really big for him. Um, he's not one of those backs that I think can transcend landing spot. Um, he's gonna have to go to a very specific scheme um, to to be utilized. Um, he he's got you know phenomenal pass blocking chops. He's gonna be able to stay on the field. He's a really good pass catcher. So I, he's gonna get those PPR points. Um, so I, I I think he's gonna be good, but it depends what team drafts him. Um, tier four, um, I, I went a different direction with my last guy, and I went Syracuse's Sean Tucker, um, true freshman this year, um, I believe. Um, I think you can you can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, Sean Tucker this year though, uh, already up to 1,362 rushing yards, 11 touchdowns. I mean, this kid has been Syracuse's offense this year. He's got the size that you like at 210 pounds. I mean, this kid is dynamic with the ball in his hands. He's elusive in open space. He's a powerful running back um, that can break tackles really well. I mean, Sean Tucker in, in that in his class is going to be a guy that that is going to steadily climb up running back rankings. Um, not a lot of people are talking about him right now. I l- absolutely love everything about this kid, um, and and he the sky's the limit for Sean Tucker. So he he is also eligible in 2023. So the same loaded running back class, you know, that we've we've talked about with, you know, with your guy Tank Bigsby and Jameer Gibbs and Bijan Robinson and Zach Evans. So that class just continues to get deeper and deeper. But yeah, he has had a phenomenal season. 
he narrowly missed mine. Um, you know, we we have this conversation in in six six months when we've when we've eliminated the the 2022 guys that were drafted, and we add in the the next the next class, and he he might be in in my top my top ten because that's what we did here. We both did a top ten, so I agree. I mean, he's had a great year, and man, he looks good, and he does everything really well. So some guys that, that just missed for us, um, interesting names. You've got you know some some true freshmen. I you know Shipley and Ed, you know Donovan Edwards at Michigan. L.J. Johnson. You know most of that is they're they're not getting a ton of opportunity. Will Shipley's in a in a horrible Clemson offense that just is very pukey to watch. Uh, Zach Charbonnet is you know the one twenty twenty two guy that he could be interesting. Uh, where he gets drafted, so I think you know people got to remember him. Alabama, Brian Robertson Jr. is is another guy because he looks extremely good. And don't you know the analytics people aren't gonna be like, oh, he didn't do anything until his last season. Well, that's how Alabama rolls. So you know, don't don't let that dissuade you. Uh, Jerome Ford, Cincinnati, is another guy that I know some Debbie Debbie analysts really love. So consider that as well. Rashad White, Tyler or, uh, Algier, and and you know then for me just missing with you know the aforementioned Tucker. So a lot of good players there. But you you see you know I, I rattled off quite a few guys that are twenty twenty two eligible. That's what we're talking about. There's depth at running back in this class. There's just not the 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 top studs that we get all super excited about. But there's a lot of running backs, and I think. I think the strategy is going to be, you know, these are the guys you can grab in, in round two of your rookie drafts, and you're going to find some guys that they they absolutely will hit, and you're going to be you're going to be loving it. I mean, you're you're going to find that, you know, Elijah Mitchell from San Francisco, who clearly you weren't taking in the second round. I mean, he was a third or fourth round rookie pick, but you know, talk about the the value there, right? I mean, it's been fantastic. Uh, Khalil Herbert, Chicago. Love them. I'm trying to get them in every league that I possibly can because I can see them totally just, you know, getting away from, from you know, Montgomery, you know, let, letting his contract go and not resigning him. And bam, it, here's your guy. I think the lesson, too, there is take – if you're choosing between the late-round wide receiver or the late-round running back, take a shot on the late-round running back because, I mean, that's a position the, inj- the injury strikes more frequently. So the chances of you getting – playing time out of that position or are higher than, than, than say the wide receiver. And you see, you see those guys coming into the game this season. So take a shot on those late round guys. I mean, you got other guys like, you know, you talked about Rashad white. He's one of my favorite guys in this draft. I love Rashad white. He's analytically guys are going to hate him because of his age. Um, you got guys like, I believe Blake core might be available for this draft. I think he's eligible. I don't know if he'll come out or not. Um, and then the pipeline's loaded as well. I mean, some guys we didn't talk about. You know, we've already talked about 2023. Guys we're not mentioning. You know, Kendall Milton will, will, will jump up ratings next year uh, once Samir White is gone. Uh, you've got, you know, next the year after that. I mean, you want to talk about a guy that's absolutely risen up ranks. I mean, you've got to mention Braylon Allen, right? I mean, somebody that's just <laughs> that's exploded onto the scene. I mean, the running back pipeline is set for the next two or three years. Yeah, we we knew that we wanted the next running back at Wisconsin, and we just we just picked the wrong guy, right? People people were thinking Jalen Berger. I I as soon as I started watching Berger, I was like, mm, I don't know if this is the guy. And it, it's Braylon Allen. Holy cow, is he a massive human being? I mean, it's just, he is gonna he's gonna absolutely dominate for for the Badgers, and he's a true freshman. Uh, Corum is is twenty twenty three eligible. So he's got another season, and I think people don't people don't maybe get excited about him because you know he's he's splitting time. But that I have no problem with that in college because that's just that's just less less opportunities for injuries. Um, yeah, I, you know, I if I watch enough enough tape on a guy and I see the traits that I like, and I think that he can be, you know, a, a sixty percent plus guy in the NFL that's good enough if I don't need him overworked in in college I mean sure it looks it looks good in the stats and you know then they prove they can do it like we know that you know Iowa State's you know Brees Hall can be a workhorse I mean he has proven that in college 
but but man, it's that's a lot of punishment on a running back body, and it takes its toll. So it's good on him that he hasn't been hurt. But yeah, I'm glad you brought brought those names up. So you're right. I mean the the pipeline is is amazing at running back, but keep keep drafting those running backs, people. That that's the that's your number one hit right. I am working on an article. I've been working on it for too long. You know, apologies, Zach. But it's it's all about you know who should you focus on when you're doing these these freshman drafts in college. You know, like you know what. You, you know, the five stars, the four stars, and I'm breaking it down by, by the three positions, the quarterback, running back, and wide receiver, you know, to see where the hit rates, you know, who are the guys that, that either get the draft capital you want when they, get, when they finally get drafted or they become good fantasy, you know, players on your roster. And it's, it's a nice educational thing, but, you know, spoiler alert, guess what the higher hit rate is? Running backs. I mean, the, 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 top, the top running backs – hit way more frequently than those top quarterbacks and wide receivers. And you kind of see it already. I mean, it's a really fun exercise to go there, but it's taken a lot more research than I, than I was thinking. All right. We finally reached the end of our show sheet. We're going to get into wide receivers next. Uh, Hopefully we can record as quickly as possible after the Thanksgiving week. Uh, Won't be recording next week, but We'll try to try to get in, you know, and finish the finish the positional series. We'll do wide receivers, then we'll do tight ends. That may or may not get us to the Christmas holiday. We'll we'll see. We'll, we'll figure it out. But you know, Matt, remind everyone again, you know, quickly, you know, what all you got going and where they can find you on Twitter. Yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter at Debbie Matt. Um, make sure you check out. Um, not only this podcast, but um, our podcast Campus Visit Pod on Twitter over on the Devi Marketplace. Um, if you guys. Um, love quarterbacks, um, but don't quite know what to look for in drafting a good quarterback or, or what's important for that position. Make sure you guys go listen to our latest episode because th- that is just absolutely chock full of knowledge. You guys need to check that episode out, and um, would just love if you guys w- would check out, um, subscribe to the Patreon if, if you, for some reason, like what you're hearing from me. Patreon.com forward slash Debbie Database would love to have you over there chilling with some awesome group of guys over there. Yeah, I I can't stress that that podcast enough. It was just an outstanding interview. Uh, a lot of great information. I mean, it was it was chock full of great stuff. I mean, maybe one of the maybe the best podcasts I've listened to in the last year. It was so so good. So please go back and check that out. Of course, we're part of the Dynasty Happy Hour team of podcasts. Dynasty Happy Hour on Sunday nights. Doug Eddy, Tyler Gunther, and James Kreese, and then they also do the the points one as well on every other week. So it's it's an every other week thing during the season. I'm at Skip Newton 31, uh, Debbie team writer for NFLDraftBible.com on SI.com. Also do the the Debbie podcast and the College Football Blitz uh, for the NFL Draft Bible, which is a week or a daily daily feed of, of, of a lot of podcasts there. So a lot of a lot of good stuff there. We're taking a couple weeks off both this week and, and next week, but we'll get back into the Debbie stuff after Thanksgiving. Just want to say thank you, everyone, for being patient. I uh, apologize we haven't been around for a month, but we'll, we'll try to get this more regular. You know, life happens, but it's been awesome uh, recording again. Matt, it was fantastic to see you and talk to you. I, I love it. It was a great, great hour of stuff. We got through those, those running backs a lot faster than I thought we would. So for those of you out there, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your push to the fantasy playoffs. And as always, be a good human.